Good evening, good evening. Thank you for listening to another KG, Fifth Ward, Wildcat, and Doc podcast. We're going to get right into it. Fellas, how are you? Doing okay. Had a lot of action yesterday. Witnessed three football games in one day. Got them all done. Did post game for all three. Went two and one on the watch. Should have been three and oh, but dadgummit, things happen. You can only control what you can control. And that's only my job. How about you, Doc? Uh, time for me to take off my hard hat, man. I put in some work this week. Doc. Between Washington, D.C. presentation for the HBCU story, uh, Symposium 2014, very nice did it. Uh, symposium on that story in more detail of how it's 1974 NCAA soccer championship. Uh, listeners in the audience were very impressed uh, with the story, and so I must have did an appropriate job in terms of relaying information. Of course. So I was excited about that. Got up that morning to get down there because I had a project Thursday uh, to get done here, so I couldn't get out earlier. Uh, it was a two-day symposium, but I could only do a one to be back so I could follow the football games and get the information back. So flew out, got up 3.30, was back in town about 11.30 at home. Got up the next morning for the parade. Texas Southern University came over here to open them up as they were on the yard for homecoming tailgates, a lot of people having fun, glad to be. Something beautiful about homecomings in general, particularly at HBCUs. Uh, it's a beautiful sight when you think about it. Then head on down to 290 to Prairie View to watch them uh, fade to black, as they wanted to call it, uh, closing up Blackshear so they can do the renovation on that stadium. A long time coming. A lot of people were involved to get that done, so a lot of history there. And then to close it out, uh, history was definitely made as quarterback from Houston, John Gibbs Jr. Go ahead and get it out there right now. He put on a show leading his Braves to a 77. Yes, people, I said that. 77 to 48. The only thing topped that is obviously what TCU did in terms of Texas Tech putting up 82. Uh, these offenses are, are doing their thing. 82 points. Texas Tech's. Cliff has found out you need to play some defense, huh? Yeah, he found out real quickly. It's not all about offense. Problem you know. was is his offense didn't even show up. So it was really at least a prayer view game versus uh, Alcorn State was a shootout in regards to prayer view putting up 48 and having one, two touchdowns called back literally in that game. But this game was, what, 82 to 27, I think, for Texas Tech? So they couldn't even do their side on the offensive ball. So he needs to kind of go back. Let's let's just stay, let's stay with HBCUs and you talk. You touched on it there. PV lost the final game at Blackshear, seventy-seven forty-eight. Texas Southern lost their homecoming by a point, getting a field goal attempt blocked in the final seconds. Wildcat was there. Give me your thoughts on that, sir. Um, two things happened. Um, well. Actually, three, but um, the killer was once uh, Texas Southern got up, they weren't able to stop the pass and, uh, from uh, Ben Davidson. I mean, Ben Davidson. Ben Anderson. Ben Anderson. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I always acknowledge. Alpha man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a legacy, so, you know, it's all right. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. 
But we were not. You know you like the black and gold. We represent. We have a pretty good history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you start talking about that, you know, I'm a grambling child, you know, and I love that. Along with the Golden Lion. Made me nervous, like we did. Yeah, you know. But getting back to the game, he the coach acknowledged that he had. Mr. Anderson, that's what I called him yesterday after what he did. <laughs> and I referred to him as much in my post-game interview. Everybody kind of looked at me kind of strange. I was like, what he did? Did you watch the game? You just saw the rest of it. Well, y'all watch it like I would. Um, he pulled off in the, third, in the fourth quarter after the team being stymied and not being able to score in the third. He pulled off in the fourth quarter what needed to be done to get his team back on track. And as he said and referred to it, we finally had 60 minutes of football, two, put two halves together, and won a game. That's what we hadn't been doing. Um, he, his numbers and all tell the story of what he had on yesterday. Um, he threw two passes that you're talking about that electrified his home crowd. And 8,000 people were in the stands, so it was a great homecoming event. As you're talking about one for 60 yards. Yep. Then the next one for 69 yards to the same wide receiver, Willie Young, just getting it done uh, as he just took the heart, it seemed like, from Texas Southern Tigers. So you're talking about 129 yards and just two pass plays. That wide receiver ended up with three receptions for 142 and two touchdowns, averaging 47.3 yards. So you're talking about a game to put on the shelf and just smile uh, all the way back home. <laughs> But you know, the, 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 but the key to it all was being compo- having composure yeah. and doing what you need to do in the fourth quarter when you have to come back and and win a game. That lets, that that tells the story, and that, that'll set the tone for the for that particular team for Pine Bluff the rest of the season because they've been struggling. They came in yesterday, uh, over in the, uh, with uh, Ofer in the in the conference yeah. and got their well, first. I told conference. anybody to listen to me when you have a quarterback like yourself. Similar to what you talk about with the quality of basketball players, uh, the young lady from Rice that you said is not back. She's gone. What's her name? Jessica Custer. Jessica Custer. You have somebody like that that's, that's played in quality games, uh, taking the program to heights, uh, not quite seen before. Because you have to remember, Ben Anderson two years won the SWAC championship. Right. So uh, it's like he had a puncher's chance. So I told anybody to listen to me that the Golden Pablo Lions were going to get somebody. It was just who. Yeah, um, it was it, it was mentioned about that. The question was asked, you know, was it uh, once they got that first touchdown in the first qu- fourth quarter, was it back to twenty twelve? Because that's this is the second time they've come into uh, uh, Houston and and uh, beat Texas Southern and it moved out that chances of getting a, a, a getting this, uh, winning a first well, back in twelve. It, opp- it gave an opportunity to, to win yeah, the conference at the, at, at, and at that time and now. You know they've got their first conference win. Confidence is is is, is riding sky high right now. But uh, uh, you know you still got still got the rest of the conference to, to finish out. But yesterday was a good day for them. Uh, didn't have a lot of time possession. TSU I beat them uh, 35 minutes to 24. But they never got into a uh, fourth down situation where they were forced to kind of like get some do some things. Uh, yeah, they were putting up yards because they were just three of eight on third down conversions. So they didn't have a lot of third downs, but when they did get to them, they didn't do very well. So they had big chunks of yards when they were playing to get it up there. 
this is going to be a theme for HBCU sports today. You're talking about yardage in the game. Oh. Combined for over a thousand yards. We'll see that refrain play a couple of times when we talk about a couple of other games. Uh, Pine Bluff put up 514. Texas Southern put 582. Uh, passing 288. Call, home to cause it. It came back off of injury. He had a game except for the fact that Ben Anderson got it done in terms of the win. Uh, Causey had 333 yards, three touchdowns, did have that one interception. So he really equaled uh, in terms of what Anderson did and actually led the team all the way down for a game-winning field goal that ultimately was blocked and just really disappointed everybody. So Yeah, Coach, uh, uh, you kind of dwell on that uh, uh, at post-game, and you can find that at uh, AKSV, the College Sports Report, on YouTube and on Blogspot. You got to give him some love and tell him to listen to what he said about Davion Porter, which we'll tell him about. Oh, Davion Porter, Porter had a game. Dang. He had 187 yards on 18 carries, one touchdown, but he also receiving uh, was had seven receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. So he put up 200-plus yards total offense and ran like a man. Go ahead. And the uh, Pine Bluff coach, that was the first thing he talked about uh, – Early on in the uh, post game, about Porter's contribution since he'd been here at Texas Southern playing against the Pine Bluff Golden Lions, that guy has gassed him for a lot of yards. He was hoping that today was the last time. Yesterday, or well, yesterday was the last time that he saw him in a <laughs> TSU uh, Tiger uniform Good because man. he has no way to to find a, uh, to to stop him when that kid gets his hands on the ball and sits in Terrence North. He doesn't go east and west. He just puts his head down, his shoulders, and and drives forward. That sounds like the conversations I hear between my cousin and the brothers talking about the rivalry with Oklahoma and Texas. Uh They say their game that put them in the pro was the team, a game against the opposite in terms of them having highlight plays. Oh, yeah. But when you talk about another big-time matchup between two teams that really just don't like each other, and they Southern went into Jackson and just quieted the crowd, Chased them out of there. You're talking another game. Over 1,000 yards total offense. Southern, 591. Jackson State, 530. So, uh, Southern defeated Jackson State, 42-28. to Game wasn't that, that close. Then you go over here in terms of uh, uh, Alabama State and Alabama A&M in the Magic City Classic. The biggest tailgate out of there. 200,000 people doing it. 67,000 people uh, in attendance in the stadium to watch the game. Oh, man. This week. To watch a SWAT game? Yes. Chris. Say no, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm saying that because yes. there are folks nowadays who say that doesn't exist. So I'd well, that's true now. Say it again, sir. Yeah, 67,000 plus. And we in Birmingham, in Alabama, yes. folks. 200,000 people around tailgating. Biggest uh, electrifying tailgate in the country in terms of HBCUs. One of the biggest in all uh, football being played. And in this game, another game where you had um, just over 1,000 yards, too, 504 to 469. Hammers. Or just under. Hammers. <laughs> Alabama A&M won the game as Alabama State missed the field goal. Field goals come into it again. Special he just, teams. He just flat out shanked this one. Short, 30 yard, no problem. A&M come from behind. The baby uh, Bulldogs is what a lot of the fans are calling down there. Defeats. Their rival, Alabama State Hornets, 37-36. That almost locks it up for Alcorn. Well, talking about Alcorn, they came down to Prairie View, and a lot of people had that as an upset for Prairie View. I'm not sure, but it looks like 
John Gibbs Jr. out of Houston said he had something. Hey, what high school? Booker T. Washington Eagles. Thank and you, sir. he let everybody know that he was still disappointed. I think it worked out obviously for him, but he was disappointed that he didn't get to play for Texas Southern and Prairie View. Um, he put up with his teammates seventy-seven points. Prairie View put up forty-eight. Two touchdowns called back for Prairie View. So not only was it ridiculous in terms of the points that the Braves put up, uh, but neither team was playing defense. We just talked about over 1,000 yards. Well, listen to this one. Uh, the Braves put up 699 yards. Well, Prairie View wasn't too ashamed of that. They decided to put up 545. So if you like arena football, they had it out there on grass this weekend down there on the hill. Uh, it was quite ridiculous. Uh, passing 362 for the Braves, 305 for Prairie View. Rushing, though, the Braves put up 337 while Prairie View didn't do a lack of themselves, 244, 240. Jonte Aber, I have to talk about this guy. Similar to Porter having just a game, even though they lost in the losing effort. Uh, he's just a man-child, and he's not very big, uh, but he's talented. He just finds a way to get it done. 21 carries uh, for a guy under 6 feet. 157 yards, two touchdowns, and so um, that was rushing. He just finds ways to get it done, and then he – Caught uh, two passes for 10 yards as he just keeps it done. But on special teams, uh, kick returns, he had four for 126 yards, a uh, long of uh, 48, uh, just putting up massive yards <laughs> on the day. Uh, if the rest of the team played like him, they wouldn't have much problems. They'd be in a lot of things. Jerry Lovelock, uh, 305 yards, uh, but he was outdone by John Gibbs putting up 362 for four touchdowns. Jerry Lovelock put up two and one interception. So that's kind of a theme, as you see in records of the SWAC, uh, putting up big numbers. You go to the MEAC, they play a little different type of HBCU football at the major division level. So are they you like saying it's, a, it's, it's a complete game? It's a good, is it a complete game? Is that, is that the difference, Doc? Is that what that is? You know, we, we play football, we play offense and defense. and we, we, when we want No, because some people would say they lack the offensive part. Oh, okay. They just play defense. Oh, okay. So it, it depends on how you look at it in regards to that. Particularly, uh, the big matchup of the day was between number one Bethune-Cookman in South Carolina State. We talked about this last week. Keep your eyes on this game. Did not uh, let us down. Tight game. Actually went down to the end of the game. Looks like the Bulldogs are going to wrap it up. Upset number one Bethune-Cookman. Uh, less than a minute left in the game. South Carolina State has the ball. 14-7. No problem, right? You hope. 40 seconds and all. Everything breaks loose. <laughs> Running back fumbles the ball. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. Wildcats linebacker picks it up, goes in for the score. Tie game, number one, right? No problem. No upset. Kick the ball off. Decent return. First play, breaks through the line of scrimmage. South Carolina State's running back into the end zone. Extra point is blocked, but it doesn't matter. Just seconds on. Bulldogs finally get the upset 2014. You're talking about a thriller. Exciting game. And that defense actually led to the two of the touchdowns for South Carolina State. Similar to what they did when they upset North Carolina AT. That defense for the Bulldogs, I would argue, is the best defense in terms of HBCU football. One of the top five in terms of country or what they're doing. Um, the Bulldogs defense is for real. If they could get anything on offense, they would be moving away. So it might surprise you who's number one this week. There is an upset. We'll get a chance to look at that. 
as I said, in terms of defensive controlling this game, the opposite of 500-plus yards going on, total yards in this game. Bethune-Cookman 175, South Carolina State 126. How many punts? <laughs> I mean, that's only 300 yards total between the two teams. That's nothing. You get that in a something. You get that in, in a quarter. quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, third down conversion for Bethune-Cookman 417. South Carolina is 213. Wait a I got to find these punts, like you said. Wow. I got to see that. I'll dig in here Six a little deeper. Six of 30. <laughs> see? So, that's why I said no offense, defense. Mm. Uh, put it on there. Turnovers for Thune Cookman, three. That's really probably what did them in if you really look inside the numbers. Uh, South Carolina State did have a turnover. Both of those, all four of those turnovers were interception in terms of that game. But the Bulldogs' defense really got it done in terms of playing some. Big, big time games in there looking good in terms of what's going on there. To close it out in terms of HBCUs, just in terms of some scores, North Carolina A&T still plays solid. They defeated FAMU. FAMU was a little bit on the high street. You know, they beat up on the system of the poor, but they did what they do. Came in, winning two games. It was A&T's homecoming, Aggie Pride. It was funny because, like I said, I was up there Friday for the HBCU store. This young lady from A&T, she did a presentation. And she let everybody know. She said, I don't want to be rude, but I got to get down. She <laughs> I'm rolling down I-95 like, quick, quick. She had that, is, that is 95, right? 95, she, she, said, said, yeah, yeah. she said, I'm heading south. And she, she rolled out there, shook some hands, uh, passed out a car or two. Thank you. And she was moving on. I thought I was doing a drive-by. She really got it done. First presentation, she was out. And then you had North Carolina Central over Savannah State, 42-14. No surprise, Savannah State is struggling major. The Owen 8 uh, overall, 0-5 in the conference race. But it's getting interesting over there uh, in, in terms of the conference race. Uh, you had uh, a lot of teams with one loss. Bethune-Cookman, South Carolina State, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, and Morgan State, all like 4-3-1 and three and one in terms of that. So this last couple of weeks is going to get real interesting to me with those mm. teams in the top. They're going to start playing each other, so it's going to fall out. You even have Norfolk State that was off this week. They're right there, three and one. So it's crowded up there in the MEAC. As in the SWAC, it looks like it's pretty much going to come down to Grambling, Southern uh, versus the Braves. Alabama State still has an outside shot, but the way the Braves are playing, uh, you wouldn't think much of that. Well, I'm going to ask you this question, and uh, with with um, SC's uh, wins over Bethune in North Carolina. What, does that sit, does that put them in a position to kind of like dictate, you know, yes. for, the play, for the playoff spot? Uh, definitely for the playoff spot. Uh, because you remember, the MIAC has an automatic bid, um, so they're in a very good position to earn the automatic bid. But they're not in a very bad position to earn the at-large bid. They have a win over Furman, which was a top five win, a top right. twenty-five team win at yeah. the time at the FCS level. So they're probably one of the teams that are looking good. In terms of that, North Carolina uh, A&T playing well. But like I said, you still have Morgan State. They're, they're very well coached, surprising a lot of people. Uh, shout out to the uh, gentleman that was in the airport when I was coming off, coming back into Houston. I told him to listen to our uh, podcast as well as the radio show, and he was excited. He had his little cap on. I tipped, tipped his hand and said, hey, y'all playing some football over there. He said, yeah, we, we getting it done. He brought a smile to his face. So as I – See you as I'm flying. I'm going to let you know what's going on in terms of football landscape and 
ask you to listen. So those listeners out there again, appreciate you for tuning us in. But uh, I, you got to look at North Carolina Central too. That MEAC is going to be interesting. You have your traditional teams at the top that are expected to do it: Bethune Cookman, A and T, South Carolina State. They're very solid. And then you have some teams that haven't been there before and are playing very well in terms of Morgan State, uh, North Carolina Central. Those are two new coaches coming in over those programs. And then you have the old guard with Norfolk State quietly uh, sitting in the weeds. It looks like to see if they can mess up some stuff as well. So we'll see over well, the next Folks always weeks. like to mess up stuff. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't mind you getting in front, but they don't want you too far in front. That's kind of like what you said with uh, – uh, Benjamin Addison with Pine Bluff. He seemed like he wanted to ruin some things. But we'll look at the uh, top five uh, a little later. Uh, we can get into it now. What do you think? Uh, you want to get back to the local teams? No, get it, get it to it now because tell folks who you are where they can find you. All uh, right. You can find me at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Uh, that's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram if you want to get a barrage of information on HBCU sports, particularly, or just the business side of sports. Um, you can email me directly at kcaville at thg-agency.com or follow me, like me on those uh, platforms in terms of social media and get that information. Listen to us right here as we produce this podcast. It's going to pretty much come to you every Sunday. Uh, like clockwork, so be looking forward. Unless something goes on, we'll let you know. We'll still uh, provide uh, the information to you. You can also find me now live in terms of radio show on Tuesday, kcoisradio.com, kcoisradio.com. You can stream it if you're not in the area and listen in regards to every Tuesday from 7 to 8 where we give you inside HBCU Sports Lab interviewing local coaches with Coach Northern, Coach Asbury, during the show, we give you our top picks, who's hot, who's not, upset city. We give you the rankings in terms of those 10 teams, both mid-major and major, and we have discussion where you can call into the show. So get into your top five. Let's look at the mid-major division as we look at top five. Some changes here in terms of some teams falling out the top five. No strangers at the top. I'll give that to you right away. At number five, you have Albany State Golden Rams, 5-2, five 5-1. And five and Looks like they're setting up a major matchup against their in-state rival, who's at number four, Fort Valley State Wildcats, 6-2, and 4-1. and one. Uh, Those teams moving up from five and seven spot, respectively. At number three, you have Virginia State Trojans. They move up a spot after a big win, 6-2 and two overall, 5-0 and oh in terms of the CIAA race. Leaving us to number two, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 6-2, six 6-0 and two, six and oh in terms of what they've done. Uh, this past weekend with number one Winston-Salem State Rams. Big-time games, big-time victories. Albany State defeated Clark Atlanta Panthers 34-12, while Fort Valley State Wildcats defeated Payne Lions 23-10. Virginia State trounced the line Pennsylvania, Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions 63-7. Tuskegee Golden Tigers held a solid win 38-9 over Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, and Winston-Salem State Rams continues just to run rough shot over HBCU Division II landscape, defeating the Livingston Blue Bears, who are ranked number eight, 34-17. So the Rams have the best resume. The next best resume is probably Tuskegee, so you see that respectively in the ranking. Let's look at the major division in terms of top five programs in the top ten. Again, you can see the entire top ten as it's released tomorrow. 
at number five, Alcorn State Braves. While they had a big one, they slipped a spot, but it happens to deal with a lot of teams above them, which is number four, Grand State Tigers, five and three, five and zero, oh, um, with two first place votes. It's spread out with the first place votes, so no consensus on who's number one at this time. But we will tell you who is number one. It is a new number one team. Number three is Bethune Cookman Wildcats. Uh, number two, North Carolina A&T Aggies. At number one, South Carolina State Bulldogs, a new number one this week, two first place. Uh, South Carolina State five and three, while North Carolina A&T Aggies are seven and two. Bethune Cookman Wildcats are six and two. Grandma State Tigers are five and three. Auckland State Braves are seven and two. And one just outside that did get a first place vote. I'll sneak them in there, even though they're outside the top five. Which is Southern Jaguars five and three, four and one. The reason you kind of see this lining up give you what happened this week in terms of big time wins. Southern Jaguars five and three, four and one defeated Jackson State forty two to twenty eight. Told you about that. Alcorn State Braves pounded Prairie View A and M Panthers seventy seven to forty eight. Grambling State was open this past weekend. Number three Bethune Cookman Wildcats. We told you about that loss, tough loss, as they went on the road and lost to uh, South Carolina State. Number two North Carolina A and T Aggies seventy two four one defeated forty to twenty one Florida A and M Rattlers. And number one, South Carolina State Bulldogs defeated 20-14, the number three thing, Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. South Carolina State Bulldogs got the edge because they've defeated uh, the number two team, the North Carolina, that was in Atlantic Classic a couple of weeks ago, and they also have a win over number three, Bethune-Cookman. We told you about the win against Furman, top 25. So they have the best resume at this time. A&T have that loss to the Bulldogs, uh, but they have a good win over North Carolina Central. When you look at Grambling, they have that loss to Bethune-Cookman, close loss. Their best win is over Alcorn State Braves team. That was at home. Uh, Same with the Braves. Their best win is a home win over Alabama State, whose best win is over Tennessee State, who's falling apart now. And you have Southern Jaguars uh, with their best win uh, really probably coming against Prairie View or somebody like that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They have that loss against Alcorn. So that kind of tells you why teams are ranked where they are based on the numbers and looking inside competition. You have to get an edge to the MEAC versus the SWAC at this time. How much? Is that going to change anytime soon or is it going to just? That's a very good question. Um, I think it could change. I don't think it's as far apart as it may it's, seem. Okay. I think some of it's about matchups, as you just talked about. Remember, the the big game that you really want to look at in terms of the top teams to give you how close this competition may be is Bethune-Cookman at home defeated Grandma State. But Grandma was leading that game in the third quarter right. where before Bethune-Cookman had to make that rally late to defeat them. So I don't think the gap is quite as big. I wish we'd get a couple of more of those games like the Bethune-Cookman and Grandma State games. We saw another good one with Tennessee State and Alabama State, which was a relatively close game. So let you know that it's not that far apart in terms of when you really look at the good teams uh, playing versus the good teams in the MEAC and SWAC, respectively. Now, sir. Yes, sir. Talk about Rice in North Texas. Well, let's start with the first game of the day, 11 o'clock in the morning. Gosh, I tell you, it's, 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 interesting. it's interesting getting up that early and all. It used to be I'd be watching TV at that time, but well, now you- I'm getting up to watch football. You got to think about those folks in the NFL this weekend with, oh. you know, with the mimosas with the 830 I tell you. <laughs> game coming out of London. And it, 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 is, it is scared me because I thought I had missed out on putting putting some folks in the lineup this morning. <laughs> but I, I went and checked and said, oh, yeah, we, we good to go. 
but let's start with the Rice Owls. The things get off to a quick start. You know, first play out the box, first possession, Rice goes downfield, gets an 88-yard pass from Dwight uh, Jackson to Jordan Taylor, and it's off to the races. Then it's kind of like this hiccup and all starts to happen. Uh, North Texas starts gets, gets a groove on. They get 21 first-half points. Rice only gets 14. They get shut out in the second quarter. Mm. Uh, and I asked Coach Point Blank to start off the uh, uh, postgame without getting any specifics what exactly was at, was mentioned at halftime. And Coach said, he kind of laughed and said, to be honest with you, I just asked the guys, you know, just do what we do. You know, don't just don't worry about, you know, pressing or whatever. This game is where we need it to be. Let's just go back out here the second half, run what we run, you know, stop, make some stops, make some, you know, just put forth some more effort. And the next thing anybody knows. Shut them out in the second half. Shut them out in the second half. Don't, they barely give up 100 yards. Wow. You know. Uh, Impressive. And the worst part about it was North Texas is not really a bad team. They run some schemes defensively that can mess you up in head-wise, especially with a uh, with a, a young quarterback. You won't survive. It just won't happen for you. But the worst part about it was they're now still over in the conference. They're on four, and we're hoping to, to try and relive what they did last year at home, um, and w- which was right the first time since they've been playing each other in conference play was the first time they'd gone up there up to Denton and lost the game. But with that being said, Rice now moves to four and three overall, two and one in the conference, and uh, putting themselves in position to uh, defend their, their, uh, their conference championship on last season. It'll be interesting what what happens down the road, but right now they're doing what they need to do on defense, special teams, and Pollard after his sixty yards interception return. That kind of that, that got the ball rolling. They got Rice back on top, and then they started to move and just get things done. And as they say, they finished. They scored 17 four-quarter points. Final score was 41-21. Rice wins. Everybody's happy. It's homecoming. You know, it's two things as I always said: homecoming and your rival. You win those two games, there, you kind of like put you know you put a stamp on things. Especially if, and as a senior, that says you can always go home. How was the crowd? It was a lot better than I thought it would be that morning, that early in the morning, it, even for homecoming. But uh, North Texas brought some fans yesterday. I, you know, it, everybody knows they got a, you know, they got a home base here. They got a, quite a bit of a fan base here just, just just because of the way it is. So is it going to come down to Rice and Marsh and um, La Tech for the yeah, division? Yeah, for the division. Oh yeah, uh, and, and that get that's for a like, shot at Marsh. Yeah, because Marshall right now is just kind of like just rolling. They they've got things going our way. Even though Middle Tennessee State is at four and one, but but they still got a that that situation with Marshall. That, it's serious. Yeah. Okay. And, and speaking of, uh, uh, you know how the conferences run they run these ass and all at halftime or whatever in between quarters. Question was asked: Who's the next Verlander? Who's the next Tim Hardaway? And who's the next Randy Moss? Baseball, there's a possibility. It's, some things got to work out. But basketball and football, I don't see anybody right now on the horizon out of the, out of Conference USA that that can move into those, those two slots. 
as they say, move the needle. Yeah, and and ran them off. I mean, we we talking about he moved the needle. He brought in excitement. Yeah, totally different. Totally different. He was a freak of nature. That too, but but he also signed with Notre Dame, Florida Florida State, and then ended up going to Marshall. And that was during the time when he went down. Yeah, as they transitioned. From FCS or what was one double A at that time, right? FCS, but truly, uh, he was a freak of nature, and you could tell his talents could have had him at a. Uh, you you understand now why those two schools were not way after him exactly. at, when when they were. Exactly. Now with the far west division one a program, three years old. Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist, and folks, I'm gonna say something to you. You, you better be on the. You excited about those? You, and I, I'm gonna tell you why. You think the, the Huskies gonna do something? They they they're gonna make a uh, an imprint because of a, a text or uh, email that I got earlier this week. They're gonna put some 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 feet on the ground. Oh, we'll see. Uh, they're gonna play TSU and win next year or the year after. Yeah, yeah. Um, home and home series. They're gonna, they gonna beat TSU in two foot, years. Football? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't see it. Texas is getting better now. They're gonna be all. They're gonna be all penalty body in there. I, oh, trust me now. I'm looking at the whole picture now. I'm not just looking at. I'm looking at the whole picture. I'm looking at the whole I'm picture. Have to go tell Ashbrook. I need to put some stakes on it. Yeah. Let him know. That yeah. Two years from now. We, we, don't lose it. Okay. Oh yeah. We're, if I'm walking, if, if, if I'm walking in certain cap, we'll put five stakes or even ten. Oh. Oh, he can't. Oh, hey, all right. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Wow. We go all Well, well I, I hope you you walk this earth two years from now. And yes, I said five, maybe even ten. And I don't want yeah. those cheap steaks. Oh no, no, no. We talking about the thick ones too. Thick we, cut. We yeah. talking about going to a real meat hey, market that's and getting cut. Chance for sponsors. Somebody yes, wants yes, to sir. sponsors in uh-huh. terms of the, where we gonna purchase these steaks. We talk, oh, we talking about going and to a real meat market. If anybody knows. While we were referencing steaks, you listen to Ralph Cooper's show, okay? Hey, trust to, me. Okay, those trust are real steaks that's coming yes. in there. They're not no cheap steaks, and they're not no small ones either. Those are good-sized steaks. Folks, it can, it can feed the three of us. Okay. <laughs> Am I okay. wrong? Okay. Like we, eat. You're right. Two years from now, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is going to get a little fun. We oh, have, we, man. We have, we have to speed this up a little bit, think of something else. <laughs> yeah, we have to get one closer. <laughs> Do some more steak wagers. Uh, well, with uh, that being said, go, go ahead. Go ahead. That. That. Yeah. I was going to say, because yeah. I was going to make sure that I was going to put my money on the Longhorns, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we got yeah, we now, get, we get uh, them in a second. Yeah. And, also, and with that being said, Houston Baptist created history last night. They got their first – uh, got a win. Got a win. First uh, Southland Conference win. Got a uh, home win. Uh, a conference win at home. It was homecoming. Everybody showed the up. Score. It was the final score was forty-one to twenty-one. Oh, they beat uh, It was. It was just interesting. No, I'm sorry, forty-one to thirty-one. Okay. Um, what it what it boiled down to was HBU found a way to win the comeback. They didn't just. Uh, get beat on and then you know and then and fight. They they got after folks. It was th- I'm sorry, 31, 31, 21. Yeah. I got it kind of excited and they got their first back to back game with B J Kelly, uh, over 150 yards as a as rushing. Also, uh, the combination of Jonathan 153 touchdown yes. on 29 carries. Yes, Very sir. Good. Oh, when they want to put the ball on the ground and said let's let's move yeah. it, let's move they it. Had the ball for 30, almost 37 minutes. They can move the sticks. Damn. They can move the sticks. Ground and pound, boy. That's what that is. It's ground and pound. And that is, oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. That's pretty good. And the combination of uh, uh, sophomore Jonathan Fleming and senior tight end Kenneth Bibbins, they've hooked up for five touchdowns in the last four games. Okay. That, when they played on, went on the field together, it's magic. Two years, huh? Two years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm looking forward yes, to that. Yes, sir. It was Nickel State. But now, oh, trust me now. And you know what? I, I'm, that biggest oh, problem, and nine nickels. That, that biggest problem is. Oh, they, and five in conference. But it's a win nonetheless. They, they, they got players. Much player. But that, that biggest problem right I'm now is on defense. talking about the state. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not worried about the state now. I ain't worried about the state. Uh, okay, two years. I ain't worried about the state. That's the least of my worries with the stakes now. Two years. We got, we gonna That's the least of my worries about the stakes. We're going to do some, some puff for this to get the coaching staff from HBU. Oh, yeah. Coaching staff from TSU. Yeah, we're going to have to do get some the smack talking. Oh, yeah, together? that's right. We're going yeah. to knock the marketing department together. Because oh, yeah. we know they listen to these podcasts. I'm going to fall back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Folks, listen. Trust me now. We, we ain't, I ain't just blowing smoke. I understand. They, I got, they, I'm going with Texas Southern Tire. I know. All right. That's all I want to hear. We know for a Coach fact. Asbury. These schools listen to these podcasts. I know that for a fact. Tell Coach Asbury, he can, he can try. We want to see him finish the steak now. We want to know that he finished it. He, he didn't just sit down and just eat and just get it got up on the table. Steaks, I'm going to make sure he get a nice size steak. All right, no problem. These are lean cuts. See, this would be ideal. May he rest in peace. If Big Man was still around, Coach Joe Curl, oh, I'd have him grill these bad boys, man. man. It'd be something else right there. Oh, my goodness. Folks, I'm going to tell you. You talking about a coach that could cook? Lord Jesus. Joe Curl, like bless him. Oh, Lord Jesus. Joe Curl, bless hey, him. Yes, I'm sir. I'm going to tell you, we, I would be late going to work on football day because I had to stop by the, 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 the what I call the little steakhouse on campus. Because Coach Carroll would put it together, and he'd be, oh, be, be cooking. And I'm going to tell you, Corner. Doc. Shut out. 23 to 0. Doc. Kansas State. Ranked 11 you, at the you, time. Had, you had to go there. Longhorn. Zero. That'd be, I'd be, I'd bring a smile to Coach Carroll's face, too. I'm telling you. Yeah. Longhorn's getting shut out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Say it again. 23 nothing. Yeah. Yes, but TCU said they weren't going to be outdone. 82 to 27. 27. Mm. Big 12 football. You know. SEC football. Yeah, go ahead. We got to give some SEC. Pat yourself on the back, Doc. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, yeah. I, I, got I told you, you last week I got that they were going to beat tweet. each other up. And it started yesterday, and trust me, it's not going to end anytime soon. And I, I there got is talent over the SEC, particularly on the defensive side yeah, of the ball. I got, got a call from give, the old, my old miss guy. Give him that credit. Uh, but my point is, there's no way you can tell me because the big question you have is how many teams will the SEC get yeah. in the playoff? Obviously, they think they should get three. Some people is ridiculous talking about four, but the big seriousness people are talking about them getting two. Teams. I'm on record as saying I think they're going to cannibalize each other, beat each other up, first of all. And second of all, I just cannot see how that committee will be able to leave out a one-loss team out of the Big 12, which looks like it could be TCU or Kansas State. Okay. You're looking at Kansas State. Yep. You're talking about the team that took Auburn uh, on the road, yep. had them playing well. Yep. Then you got the brand name of Ohio State. Or Michigan State, uh, one and, loss. And looks like you're playing in the championship game. You gonna leave them out? And, and one loss team out of the Pac-12 what? to get two in the SEC. I can't see it. I can't see it happen. Now it'll sound good because on Tuesday they are gonna have two SEC teams on the board, and I believe at this point rightfully slow. But you gotta play this out. 
And yep. those plays that those teams are gonna be cannibalize each other. They're gonna add multiple losses, just as we seen LSU taking down the mighty uh Mississippi in regards yeah. to that thrilling game. You know it's uh, Scoring a whopping 17 points total, 10 to 7. Dog, I thought about that game. We watched it. And I, and I, can I, I you just believe say, the call by the coach? Oh! Let's talk about the coaching now. Dog, that was a conversation that the men and Ole Miss guy had yesterday, last night. First thing in his mouth was, I, he had a brain for it. That, 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 I'm going to say it just like that. That's Because at, at some point, you know Les is going to have one. But they wasn't looking for Ole Miss to, 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 to do one like that. I got you. You know, and I did. I had to. I had to basically. He wanted to just scream and holler. You know, kind of like he turned it loose last night. I hadn't heard that much cussing out of, out of old Miss guy in a long time. But they hadn't had a football program that was relevant either. Correct. Now, Correct. you know, everybody's excited and stuff. You know, and, and and they want things kind of going that way. It should be, but uh, but you and I both know going down. Mississippi is, is not out the woods yet. Seventy-one, four and one. Yep. Look what they got left. They still have two. Uh, play Auburn. That's next week. Number fourteen. So somebody's gonna get the second loss. They're out. Yeah. Don't done. give me this mess about a two loss team now. Okay. And, and they still okay. got and they still got to play. They still got to play conference championship. Yeah. And, and that's and gonna make take, it worse. They take a break off. They do play Presbyterian, but I, I'm calling that a week off. Arkansas. And then you have the Egg Bowl at the end of the season. So possibly you add another loss to somebody. To Mississippi, they could end up with two more losses. That's a that's a tough way to close out. You look at Mississippi State playing probably the best football in the country. We'll give them that. They're my team that should be solid in, but they're not finished out of the neck of the woods. They got Arkansas. Arkansas can't see them to win an SEC game. Uh, that game is at home for Arkansas, so we'll see if they can at least make it interesting. Then you have Mississippi traveling to Alabama, number three. Alabama is it a day game Nick or night? They gonna chastise Nick Saban again, tell him all the money they paying him. They expecting Alabama to win that game. We'll see. Somebody's going down. Somebody's having a loss. That's gonna play yeah. Alabama out if it's their second loss. Uh, if they win it, Mississippi State, I give you credit. They'll still win the race. But if it's Alabama, they done two losses. I don't want to hear it. Then you have Vanderbilt. Okay, Doc. Then you have Mississippi State okay. versus Mississippi. Uh, so either Mississippi's having it second loss. Okay. Or Mississippi State. So I, I I just can't see it. You're trying to sell me on this. Obviously, Auburn just escaped South Carolina, which would have had another one, but they stayed top five as they deserve. They did get it done. 42-35 thriller. Very exciting game last night. While I talk about the SEC, they play football. I do watch it. I'm a professional in terms of being a business analyst. So I'll tell you, they have to go to number seven, uh, number five, wherever they're going to fall. I think Mississippi fell to number seven in the USA Today right. or something like number that. Seven, uh-huh. Still top ten. We'll put it like that. Nowhere are you going to look at Mississippi's top ten. Then versus Texas A&M. A&M has a punch of chash, but I don't think they're going to do anything about the Tigers roll off. Tigers have a schedule. Then they got to go to Georgia, which is top nine, Georgia. We forgetting about Georgia over there laying in the weeds because they're going to move on through and play for that now, championship. You know they got to win one game, SEC championship, and they can throw a muck and wrench in that's everybody's right. that's you right. know, and, and that's Then they take a week off. They play Sanford. I'm calling it a week off. You're not worried about that. Oh, no. And then Auburn ends the season, obviously, with the classic that everybody uh, is any football affinity knows. They're at Alabama, who definitely wants payback for what took place last week. But – those teams, as you see, are going to cannibalize each other. You're going to have multiple losses, 
And that's going to Katie bar the door with SEC getting two teams unless you really have okay, something Doc. unique with Mississippi State running the table the SEC championship and then losing game. to Georgia at the end. Then I might see an argument. The SEC championship the game, game their media will start spewing out <laughs> that both those teams should be in the Final Four. The SEC champion, the winner of the SEC West and SEC East, Media will start spewing out. Both those teams should be in the final four. I really would like to see what our listeners think on this. Tell them about. I do the, too. The, the, the Everything you're saying, I agree with. But but based on that crap that happened a few years ago, when you can't even win the division of your conference and play for a national championship, LSU, Alabama. Nah. and folks had and not enough folks had a problem with that. That still pisses me off. With the, with the, did, with, with, with that being more. said. I'm people. I want people to tweet us Facebook, and go to our Facebook, go to our Facebook page, KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Podcast, and talk. Give us your thoughts on should two SEC teams be in the Final Four? Now, with that, hell, no, they shouldn't be, but I bet you they will. Who who <laughs> will need not who will need help to get to the four? I because the Big Ten, the Big Ten, it, it, uh, Big Twelve. Um. Uh, what about the? the I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know when I, you say needs help. I mean, I, I'm I talking about I'm, all those teams. To me, have to do is do what they ha- need to do. You telling me that a one loss TCU? No, 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 no. That, that's not what I'm not saying. Gonna be in there. You're talking about a one loss Oregon State. So, what do you mean need help? Or they do their part. No, Oregon, excuse me. Uh, the only reason no, no. I'm asking, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making mention of that, is because after this, what we've been shown. So far, publicly, as what the committee is going to use as uh, a guideline, speaking on those pa- uh, on on those parameter, uh, parameters, you know, as far as wins, losses, and at, whatever, they're going to look at the teams that are playing the best football right now, which I don't have a problem with. I don't that's, either. That's marketing. I, okay, it's now four weeks from now, what, 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 can, four weeks week, from now, this week four on weeks Tuesday, I wouldn't have a problem if they put four teams in the playoff from the SEC right now. That's who's playing the best football right now. But as you play it out, those four teams have to play each other. So, to me, you're going to get multiple losses. That's the thing that I want to make sure is clear. We're talking about what it looks like today plus projecting what's going to actually happen. There's a difference between that. When we project what happens, we see those four teams are going to have multiple losses, so they'll play their way out, which means the other teams will have a chance to play their way in, which means Oregon and as you correct, would possibly just win the Pac-12 championship and go in with their resume only having one loss. You're talking about TCU or Kansas State on their resume playing and having a championship, a conference championship that you like to talk about, a conference championship with one loss on their resume. You're talking about Big Ten obviously playing out there Michigan State. with Michigan State, defeating Ohio State in a championship game, having – one loss on their resume. We are already putting in by de facto, basically, for the state. And this is not to mention that you may have Notre Dame sitting out there with one loss, with their only loss, a road loss to Florida State. A disputed. In a lot of ways, yes. Uh, I Absolutely. And you're going to try to tell me that they're going to find a way to get two SEC teams in there? They will destroy the championship the and first And I'd be year. all for that, the too. I'd be for will, that. Well, the conference they commissioners will say that's it. They put SEC can have their own. <laughs> you know the group of five as they're being referred to. 
Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Ole Miss fell to number nine in the Amway Coaches Poll. Okay. Um, the group of five. How many SEC teams in the top ten of the Coaches Poll? There are. Just for our list. One, two, three. Four, five. Three. No, no, no. Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn. That's three. Georgia and Ole Miss. No, five. no, no. In, in, the, in the top five. No, he said oh, top, ten. top ten. Top ten. Okay, yeah. And now you, you got five. But to me, I'm looking at the top eight. I'm looking at the top eight as far as making it down the road. The next four weeks. Next four weeks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching the, the, the top Wildcat, eight. you do that, you're excluding a Big 12 team. The next four weeks is going to decide that matter. Take the schedule on TCU for the next four weeks. If you look at – I'll do that right now. If you're looking at this top eight, then, then, you're, going to have a, you're going to have two teams from the SEC in there. Alabama and Auburn play each other, so one of them will have two losses. Thank you. And that, all right, now. They're gone. Now, now, now. That, 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 that leads to seven. That leads to seven spots. Well, you got Mississippi and Mississippi State. One of them will have two losses. That, that's six. That, that's six. Now, now, that's two more that, that, See, that, that dropped out. TCU at West Virginia this Saturday, November 1st. I think ESPN game, college game day will be there, Good. I believe. That'd be fun. West Virginia, the Mountaineers host the Horn Frogs. And after that, following Saturday, they have Kansas State. That's the one I want. Yep. That's the one. That's and then you got Kansas, the Longhorns, and Iowa State. That's a so. nice resume building for whoever gets that. Now, now, you, you – once you get those those next two games out, yes, you got time now to kind of like put your stamp the rest of the way, and but since the Big Twelve doesn't have a uh, conference championship, that's a good point. You, no matter what transpires, when you finish the season, you waiting on your spot or you waiting on your shot. Yeah, your resume is done. You are in the process of getting folks well. Am I am I wrong? That's right. You don't have that that extra week that you got to be pounding somebody else upside yeah, the wall. but they have plenty of time because they wait forever to play in true mostly. But, but I think what's interesting about your point is the fact that they don't have a way to beef up their resume right. by so playing it, a championship two game. Weeks. Obviously, it doesn't hurt them because they won't lose it. Right. But it doesn't necessarily help them in terms of what's going to happen in the Big Ten as we look uh, – uh, Look forward. Moving forward, you probably have, what, Ohio State, yep. Michigan State at this point. Yep. That's going to be a nice resume builder in terms of who who is yep. ever able to win that game in terms and, of stamping their resume. And see, the irony will come when the final – if the final, when the final four is announced and the big, if the Big 12 is excluded and the committee hints at saying your conference champion who did not have a conference championship to play in was hurt by strength of schedule, at lack of resume at the, the, end, at the end of the season. Those I, three games. I guarantee you, at the very next day, the Big 12 will say, we need to have a conference championship game. Yeah, they will. See, see now they're, they're saying. Two teams. But I would love to hear what that. See, now, 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 they're, now they're saying we're the only league now that has a true champion, true representation of a conference championship because we play each member of our conference once. Yep. So we are a true, legitimate mm-hmm. Representation of a conference champion. This ain't a mid major, but this ain't a mid major. If they are excluded from the final four because they don't have a championship game, oh yeah, we need two teams to come in here. Oh, we're going to petition the NCAA to give us a championship game for only being a ten members conference. So yeah, it's going to happen. So yeah, one way or the other, it will happen. 
Who are you, sir? Wildcat, who are you? How can folks find you? I am the fifth water wildcat. They can find you. Everybody can find me online, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., JL Woodley 1. On YouTube and Blogger, The College Sports Report, AKSV, The CSR. I've got post games from all three games this weekend Rice, TSU, and HBU. It was a good day yesterday, a real good day. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram, the HR Review on Twitter. We have our KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc page on Facebook. We want people to comment and post your thoughts about what we're talking about, about the potential uh Four teams in the Final Four in college football. Get in on the stakes. Well, that's two years away. We need to do something about that, though. I mean, seriously, we need, we need to try to get, you know, before yeah. the season's out. We need to yeah, come up with a yeah, way. Yeah. You know, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah. Well, let's ask the listeners to give us an idea yeah, of what we, we should come up with. I, I work. That sounds good. Yes, I want. So, please. And I know one person in particular who went to Reagan High School who was a diehard listener to our podcast. I know he is very high-tech savvy he can go to our page and get get in some conversation on the stake bet i know he could have some thoughts i and he knows who i'm talking about yeah he knows very well who i'm, I'm talking about that too that, that you get your butt on the job so you need to get to that kg fifth of wildcat dot page and make some thoughts sir listen to this resume arizona state they have a loss to, at the time number number 11 ucla a win over number 16, USC. A win over number 23, Stanford. They play Utah next week is ranked 18. They have Notre Dame ranked number 6. At the end of the season, they have a ranked Arizona. So you tell me if they rolled through that with one loss, playing Oregon in the championship game, winning that, they've played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 ranked teams. Well, they, they, they win the Pac-12 championship. They should be in the Final Four. Okay. No question. Nah. I rest my case. But the, especially if they beat Notre Dame. They, they oh, could oh, get yeah. to the championship yeah. game and win the Pac-12 and yeah. have lost Notre Dame. I agree. That's what I said. But, yeah, they I'm beat Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what my whole Heck caveat yeah. is yes. one loss. Yes. If you, have, if you win, your, as you talk about, you think it should be a championship period. Yes. I pretty much agree with that. But I'm saying even without that on the table. Definitely division. You have one loss as a conference championship champion, you should be in the playoffs. Period. I hear Listen, Doc. Now let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, THG Agency. Are you looking for business strategies and services in the areas of sports management, educational leadership, and project management for your sports camps, AAU teams, local business, or athletic department? Well, you come to the right place. THG Agency is the Heritage Group. It is a fully integrated sports entertainment, educational leadership, and project management consulting company focused on sports leadership and educational administration with six areas of consulting expertise, sports business management, educational 
sports assessment, data analysis, educational curriculum development, advanced leadership execution, and statistic solution consulting. Our services are well-defined but tailor-made for our clients we represent. For more information, give us a call at 281-330-1341 or email us at info at thg-agency.com. You can also visit the website at thg-agency.com. Thanks once again to THG Agency for sponsoring our podcast. Let's shift some gears and talk some basketball. It's that time of the year. Basketball. Uh, First things first. The American is not. No, no, no. no. Not not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. yet. You know where we're headed with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I want to have a a serious, serious note before we get into some fun. Okay. All three of us are members of the United States Basketball Writers Association. Correct. Yes. A few days ago, the USBWA did something um, out of the norm in an unprecedented move as a release no. date. The board of directors of the USBWA unanimously agreed to honor Mount St. Joseph's University freshman Lauren Hill. With a Pat Summit Most Courageous Award. It's usually given to a women's college player, normally during the women's final four. But if anyone who is seen on the news, uh, sports news, just national news, you've seen the story about Lauren Hill, and, and she literally has weeks, if not days, left uh, to live because she was diagnosed with. Um, Diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, an inoperable brain tumor. And she was a stellar, she loved basketball. Basketball was her life. She played in high school, you know, growing up. And as a freshman, 19 year old freshman, despite the diagnosis, she her goal is to play one game for Mount St. Joseph University. And coaching staff, it's become a, you know, media. Has gotten involved. The NCA, to their credit, moved up the start of approved this game to be moved up to November second, because honestly, this you know college basketball starts November fifteenth, right? And Lauren is not expected to live long enough to be able to play in that game if it waited till November fifteenth. So it's moved up, moved up the start of the game until November second, and the game is already sold out. It was supposedly initially scheduled to be on campus, like in a gym. See on maybe 100 people, but it moved to uh, an arena. Wow. 10,000 seats. Oh, yeah. Doc, this is a It sold out a within an hour. This is a biggie. So 10,000 fans will be Ooh. there to see her, and she wears number 22. And, and um, Anuka Brown, NCAA Vice President of uh, Women's Basketball Championships, has put out uh, notices and tweets asking for support, asking for uh, money to be raised. Uh, toward the Cancer Foundation. Uh, the school has also asked other schools to submit jerseys, number 22 jerseys, and have those in part of uh, fundraisers as well for awareness of the cancer. Just a lot of a lot of things surrounding the story. And I did a blog post and posted video from CBS News that did a story on Lauren a few days ago. So you can go to my Women's Who's blog on the HoustonRoundBarView.com, see the link to the post there, and read the press release from USBWA, as well as see the video, because you can see that 
during some of the news footage, you can see how the, the tumor has slowed down her basketball skills. And, and she, she's a trooper. She hasn't given up. She's fighting. She gets up and every day she's tired and, and she just does what she can during practice. And her goal is to play in one college basketball game before basically before she's called home. Let's just put it like that. So go to Houston Round Bar View Women's Who's Blog and read the release. Watch the video. You can follow the story all throughout Twitter. All throughout she's been on she's gone through the T V watch. She's been on radio shows, T V shows, news shows, about a story of mom and dad and players and coaches. It's a it's a inspirational story i'm not going to say it's a sad story it's an inspirational story because of the fighter that she is absolutely so check that out and her coach college coach has already said that he's got a a play drawn up for her to uh score what hopefully score but the play's going to go to her as soon as a jump ball open jump ball get her set up and put her in a position to score so i'm sure november 2nd you're going to see highlights galore from this game and from her time on the floor during that game. So November 2nd, they're playing versus Hiram College. So just watch your news. And uh, God bless her and God bless her friends and family and coaching staff and everybody involved. And our women's basketball leader, Mel Greenberg, told me that he was the one basically who pushed for the move to the board of directors of USBWA to – honor her with the Pat Summit Most Courageous Award because of the rated to the Final Four, she won't be around to receive it. So they're going to present her with the award at the game on November 2nd. So a lot of, of everything is surrounding this game November 2nd. So uh, beautiful. that's why I wanted to uh, have a moment of that hey, before we get into some A man now. that is truly respected. Someone that is a mentor to young reporters and young journalists. It is sad that he was not able to finish out his his time as a uh, daily columnist, a weekly columnist for print, and had to be fo- and was forced over to the internet. True, his well. adjustment was impeccable, and it was he Same. who got the changes to where. Internet had to become a viable entity toward Final Four because that Mel Greenberg is a man created the women's top twenty-five poll. He created it. Created pretty much every individual and team awards available for women's basketball. Wow! He is the women's college basketball guru. That's one of his nicknames, and it fits. (laughs) And the the only time that We've all gathered up and spoke up. Was the one time that they changed the seating arrangements, and Mr. Greenberg was in the rafters with folks like KG and myself when he should have been down at front row, just like the committee, with a runner. And yeah, folks said, "Wait a minute, been, now. he should be courtside." This got to be changed, not just when you all get around to it, but this got to be changed right now. And it was changed immediately, but yes. And now I can tie in, sir. Yeah. As I mentioned, um, Mel contacted me to let me know about the story and more details surrounding it. But he also, but he also asked me 
if I was going to be in New York, New York for the American Athletic Conference Media Day this week. And I said, yes, sir, I will be there. So, respected. So respected. Two things, really. So, the story I wanted to tell you about Lauren Hill, but also the guru wanted to know if I was going to be in New York for the American Athletic respect. Conference Media Day. So, respect. yes. Respect. That's okay. And he did it by Facebook message. So, even the guru is high tech enough. Oh, he, yeah. He had, he's had to adapt and adjust. To social media. Yep. So he's getting it done. He getting it we done. go we go back to uh WNBA days when the comments were still around and he come down covering the Liberty and uh, et cetera. That's why I got to know him personally that way. So now we can talk about because Wildcat and I will be yeah. in New York Have at the men's and women's <laughs> basketball media Beat down days. time now, Cat. <laughs> he is excited. That's, oh, that's uh, big time. Yes, sir. Doc, we've been waiting on this trip for a long time. Uh, o- only because folks think it's a joke. Oh, yeah, this, this is you know, it ball ball down to if you want to get stuff done, put forth an effort. And I'm put pretty forth sure that the two of us will be the only two of us there for the women's basketball, yeah, especially. Everybody's gonna show up for Wednesday because it's the men, everybody wants to be around, you know, to, to get quotes and nick picks and all. and Talk to Coach Sampson and Coach Brown. Talk to the UConn reps. But come Tuesday. Thursday. Well, Thursday, I'm sorry. Thursday. Gino is going to look around the room and is going to say, you know what? We still need to get better as a as a conference. And when he makes that statement, it's going to be a look across everybody's face like, what do you mean? You know, as you are now, for a conference to get better, we all need to get better together. We need to find a way, put forth some effort, facilities, recruiting, players. We need to make that adjustment. Point blank, because right now, the American on women's basketball side is a it's one, a one bid done. It's a one done. It's a hell of a one bid. It's, <laughs> it's the elite team yeah. in the sport, but it's a one bid lead. USF mm-hmm. needs to raise the bar. I mean, they're the second best team probably. And I know I'm not going to say her name, but there's a coach at her school's media day last week who said that the American is a multi-bid league. Prove it. Really? I hope she proves it. Really? Prove it. Really? Really? But yes. Some things have got to happen for that to happen. I will tell you who that is off off there. No problem. But some things have to happen I'm sure she'll say it again Thursday at media day. But yes. Proof. I want proof because... It's St. Rutgers, mm-hmm. St. Louisville. Yeah. There's nobody else in the conference Ain't that's good as those two teams. question, but, but UConn right now. So that's what I want to say. I hope they. I hope it is a multi multi bid league. I know one thing. But it, it ain't it, right it now. It would help. It would help. It would help some things. And I definitely hope that U of H under Coach Huey gets there soon as possible. Won't be this year. No, no, no. They've still got to. Um, they've got to find their way. They got to make adjustments. The other thing. Um, Everybody's, you know, that's one thing for sure. Folks, they're going to they gonna contribute. They're going to be in shape. They will be in shape. They'll be in shape. They won't struggle to shoot They won't ball. be struggling. They won't be struggling. But they've got to get some, some legitimate hype. they got to get some legitimate depth. Uh, not just, you know, transfers, which is a quick fix, but they've got to find a way to recruit those kind of kids and all in, uh, especially on the uh, guard play. You know, that's, that's been my, my stickler because where teams break down, especially against competition like UConn, is when you have 
your best day, it still has to be better than that. You can't have any drop-offs. can't, you know, fall off in the middle of a game. You can't have, you know, two or three or even five, especially a five-minute dro- drought. It's just not going to happen for you. You, you. You're falling down off the, off the mountain and, and, you're, and you're tumbling and you're rolling. The snowball is getting bigger and bigger and you're falling in the valley. Yes, I'm kind of being I'm being kind of harsh on on other teams in the conference, but that nabbit they just not getting it done mentally. Beating UConn that's a mental thing. It, 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 that's it, a it, national problem. And 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 you and not I just a conference problem. That's a and, national issue. And you and I have have gone to the Final Four, going on almost fifteen years now. You know, at the end of the day, teams have tried. Teams have thought about it, and then mentally they just weren't able to get things done on a regular basis. And the teams that we thought should have, they just playing. You know, even Notre Dame gets to a point, and they get just right there. They just get right there and can't get over the, well, over the, the top. The second best team in women's college basketball is now South Carolina. South Carolina and UConn play. And they talking smack on the, on, on, on the social media right now. And I'm looking forward to that matchup. We'll see just how close to number one South Carolina is. I mean, and they doc, they they all over the tw- the Twitter and the and the Facebook about getting that get getting some things done. We get some excitement going. They need to. Somebody needs to. I mean, it's, it's, at, at some point, I can't argue with that. Because right. think about it, Doc. You, 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 you watching I mean, from afar. You think about it. Just as much argument that we had in terms of passion, and even from a analyst component, right? It was there when we just talked about football, and part of that is because there's some question in regards to who is that yeah. number one team. So you need that same thing to go on with women's basketball if you wanted to continue to rise. In its position in terms of American and Gino, t- Gino talks about that all the time, and folks they just not listening. You know they think it's okay that the UConn is just rolling through. You know everybody else. He's looking at challenges, motivation. He wants to and, be and challenged, he, and he wants to be challenged. And nobody is, is is stepping up. It is not because they can't. It's just because they hadn't. Fit, you know, coaches can can call a timeout. Put some players in, make a chemistry, make a quick run, you know, two or three minutes. But you got to be able to sustain. And when you because at some point, like I mentioned earlier, playing UConn, you can't have a drop. You you just can't. I mean, it, it, it the bottom of it all falls out the bu- out of the bucket when that when that happens. And Doc, you had a chance the opp- opportunity to watch up close, just like uh, yeah. KJ and myself, and, yeah. and it. it you you were kind of amazed at what you saw because, like you said, yes. like I said, yes, I was. when that, when the that two or three level minutes, that was there is amazing to me, and that's the concern I have. I just don't see when you say it's easy to say somebody needs to step up, but the uh, the way that UConn attracts talent yeah. is second to none in any sport that we've ever had, and I'm not sure there's a magic bullet to get that done. Because you see the next closest, as you said, South Carolina, but can you sustain that over periods of time? Can you get players to elevate their game like that? We just talked about some of the uh, text messages that you sent uh, as well as on Twitter in regards to UConn continue just to land more talent. Yep. Like the number three prospect in the class of 2016 from Tennessee, 
So how do you from the state of Tennessee? And, and that Tennessee? used to never happen. I mean, even when in, on Tennessee's bad terms, that there's a reason for it. Tennessee didn't recruit her or go after her hard because of other issues. I gotta put the mic down. That's just what I'm, I'm just no, going to No, no, no. It's, it's a tie-in. It's a package deal. Okay. They had to get a superstar. To improve the chance of getting a superstar, they got a superstar's best friend. So that happens. That happens. And they play this. So the superstar's best friend plays point guard as the number three young lady who picked UConn to play the same position. So it, that happens. I wonder right. if I was Tennessee, I would have made it happen. So, and, and, and do some research if you're not sure what I'm talking about, listeners. Trust me, it's not hard to figure out. <clears throat> right. And at the end of the day, Doc, you're right. Because like like Cooper always said, it made it happen. You know, like like Cooper says, until they tell me no, or they enroll in class, I'm still on the case. Because her her final five schools, other choices were Vanderbilt, Mississippi, South Carolina, LSU, and Maryland. So uh, what even Tennessee? No, uh, because she knew the situation. Have mercy, have mercy, and they folks find a way to get that done in football. And that's the class of twenty sixteen. And the fifteen class looks like what? I know you got it there. I can pull it up. You can't. Let's see. UCLA had the top class this year. Uh, South Carolina. You know, I'm not a big recruiting person, but uh, Notre Dame's doing well. Baylor got. A verbal from a, a top ten, a number ten junior. I just, I want to see the conference. The American needs us. We need to see teams in the American get players like this. That's the first step. That's step number one. And that should should happen. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it needs to happen well, soon. I mean, the first thing you got to do is the facilities. Now that now, Gino has always talked about that. You know, he doesn't mind coming playing one time, but if he has to come back. You know, he'll pull what uh, what Calipari did with Rice. You know, and, and trust me, folks, Tudor didn't just get built just because uh, folks had money to get it built at the time. People got embarrassed. People got embarrassed by that, by oh, that, by that mess. And UConn and men and women, they they built, they have completed a, a practice facility for both teams. So, yes, be rich. They'll get richer. Getting richer. And take care of their own programs. Yes. But, class of 15... UConn has the number one player in the class of 15, Katie Lou Samuelson from modern day out of California. She is the real deal. I've seen her play. For you, you, you say basketball? Uh-huh. Man, she's, a, she's something else. But number two, going to Louisville. Number three, Nebraska. Staying in state. Now, you know what? Number the four co- is undecided. Number five is Duke. Number six, Longhorns. Number eight, Longhorns. Longhorns. They're working. They're working. They're working. That staff is turning things around, too. But I'm, I'm scanning, scrolling through this ESPN Hoop Girls, I think, top 100. I don't see a team from the American. Okay. In the top 100 at all? I'm going th- I'm, you know, I'm racing through it. I don't see I see somebody from Creighton at 81. But I don't see anybody from the American. See, that's got to change. That thing, you've got to be able to get. Now, this is not... There are still some young ladies who have not chosen a school. But do you so anything's possible, but I mean you got somebody from she's ranked number four and she ain't gonna 
she ain't going to pick nobody from the American. Uh-huh. I think she's an inter- international player, but she ain't know. Uh-huh. I see USC, 18, UCLA, 16, and 12. Notre Dame all over the, the rankings. They have to be. Missouri, Tennessee, of course, Penn State, Michigan State. It's the same schools. Duke, North Carolina, Maryland, Louisville, Purdue, Purdue, Virginia Tech. Butler got somebody at number 34. Wow. Now, you know what? You got to be working. You got to be working. She's, she's in state, though, Indiana. That, but still, I, like I said, you she, you working. They got that done, though. You keep, keep somebody you in working. state. That means she didn't go to Indiana and she didn't go to Illinois. Or so, Purdue. So, yeah. There you go. And Purdue got like four or five. Well, yeah, that's that's a big get for them. Yep. I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't see anybody. I see Arkansas, Alabama, Baylor, Washington, Virginia Tech, TCU, Duke, Kentucky. Nope. I don't see nary school from the American besides UConn. Effort. And, yes, and yes, I said nary. <laughs> uh-huh, I sure did. That's what we do here. We talk country sometimes. I hadn't seen that in a long Belmont time. got a team. A play. Oh, oh Ranked my god! 89, goodness. Belmont. Oh. Yep. Oh. Kansas State, Colorado. Oh. Not nobody from the American. Doc, somebody mentioned Belmont now. Belmont. Top 100 players. Oh, chosen. my god! So, goodness. yeah, let's go to 2016 real quick because most of those, that's getting chopped up too. Picking up, uh, <laughs> folks are just picking, picking. Most of these are still undecided because you know these are these are juniors yeah. right now. Yeah, they, they, they right now they want another summer under their belt. They want to find out what things going on. Washington, Notre Dame, Baylor, Stanford, Notre Dame, Maryland, Oklahoma, Syracuse, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Iowa, Wake Forest, Purdue, Maryland, Maryland, Kansas State, North Carolina, Dayton, Indiana, and the rest: Michigan State, Florida State, North Carolina, NC State. Find that one school. Find and that and one the rest school. of them are undecided. Find that one school out of the north. Find that one school out of the north like you did Belmont. Find find that one school. Dayton. Yeah, Dayton. No, no, but no, but Dayton. Right Dayton. now, like I said, Dayton competes out of, those, out of that Super 60 rankings, I'd say 40 are still undecided, haven't decided on the school yet. But teams in the American, they got to get some of these players. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line. If you want to yeah. you want to compete with UConn, and I said compete. That's yeah. first. I didn't say beat. Yeah. You want to compete with UConn. You want to better players. And, and, folks, the three of us sitting here, Doc has had a chance to, to, to finally see what, that, what the, uh, the, the king and queen, Gino is the king, his team is the queen, what they look like up close and personal. Yeah. KG and I have, have watched them for too many years, but one thing that has been consistent. It's mighty. They show up to go to work, and they have fun. And the worst part about it, they have fun beating you down. They are not about being nice. Uh, they, when they show up, it's always about win, get to the Final Four, win a championship, go home. They play defense. That's what people forget. Yes, they have offensive talent. At every position. But they play defense. They shut people down. They make people go into their third, fourth, and fifth options. And if you don't have them, shame on you. Shame on you. And you're about to get your behind kicked. That's what separates UConn from everybody else. Some people last five minutes. Some people last 10. Even a few last 20. But most folks, after that first four or five minutes of the game, they looking at it like, oh, okay. 
How do we slow this down? And do we work the clock the rest of the way? Well, UConn will let you do that maybe two or three possessions. Then after that, you're on your own. You know, because they'll just force you out of position, get into the passing lane, fast break you to death, transition, and then force you in the second half to play their style of half-court basketball, and you know you're not going to be able to compete. Because once they get the ball down in the uh, down the block to those bigs, you're in trouble. And we say all this about the American. For a reason. All of our all of my friends in the Northeast who are part of the Connecticut media horde, y'all aren't going anywhere. Y'all stuck in the American. So y'all need to hope and pray that the, the yep. teams get better. Yep. Because unless some miracle happens and the UConn football team becomes a world power. And you got to hold on to your coach in the process. Y'all aren't going too. anywhere. Because the last time you got good, well, the, your the coach other, left. The your other, football coach left. The other issue they have, as I told, and we'll look at another little thing that gets into the sports business. We hadn't talked about this in a while, but uh, we hadn't had subject matter. But this is perfect. The other issue that UConn has is even if they become pretty strong in terms of a football program, uh-huh. they're not in a major market. When you look at that, that is expansion, true. That, it's that, talking about a major market. Even though they have the so, four letters sitting right down the road now. Correct. But you know, that, that's in terms of media. Right. And usually when you're driving this, you're talking about media markets. That's one component. Okay. But you're really looking at corporations that drive, and you're looking at people that will turn on your television. Gotcha. So it's kind of like Nike being in Portland. It, it doesn't matter. It's the manufacturing center. Mm-hmm. But you notice where they go to make sure that they do that right. marketing. Oh, yeah. They go out and they buy platforms in New York and L.A., which is where they get the exposure nationally. So you can't have some major issues in regards. I would suggest that U of H, even with a, you know not necessarily winning at the level of UConn, uh, obviously in men's and women's basketball, the fact that it's in a better marketplace to be in a position I got look you. at the next rounds of expansion. Duly noted. Duly noted. The other issue that I wanted to kind of transition to in terms of uh, the sports business side, um, it's interesting that the NCA uh, and Ed O'Bannon's lawyers are asking for $50 million from the NCA in terms of attorney fees, which obviously is far more than the $5,000 the judge allotted <laughs> for the players at the minimum level. So it'll be interesting to see. They're basically charging right under $1,000 per hour for the senior attorneys, and they said over um, 40-some lawyers uh, from different firms worked on this case. So it'll be interesting to see uh, will this be allotted and at what rank it would be. So the lawyers ultimately will win, even though the player looks like they got some bonuses uh, the big boys are going to sit at the table and they want to eat. We're going to close it up. How can folks find you on the internet, Doc? You can find me at uh, kcaville at thg-agency.com. Again, kcaville at thg-agency.com. Social media platform at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Major League Baseball. Nobody's watching, but you have a great World Series going on, 2-2, two and two, and we'll see what happens uh, tonight as it gets a little more interesting to see going forward. Throw that in there for the listeners let them know. Somebody has to because it wasn't going to be me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that. You know, it definitely wasn't none of KG's friends, you know, watching TV. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well sure. you know, my friends watch it. It just ain't me. 
<laughs> Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A, C-A-V-I-L, the sports professor. Listen to me also every Tuesday on KCOHradio.com, KCOH Radio, the all-new KCOH Radio, 1230 AM, in regards to our Tuesday weekly radio show on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Ryan McGinty, and Charles Bishop, giving you all the inside news about HBCU sports. Sir, Wildcat. You can find me on the social media platform at Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck. J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. On the, uh, for my post-game and individual video uh, interviews, you can find them at on YouTube and Blogger, Blogspot, at AKSV. TheCSRBlockspot.com, The College Sports Report. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, www.HoustonRoundBallReview.com, as well as T-H-E-H-R-R.com, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube, T-H-E-H-R Review on Twitter, and listeners, you have been challenged by the three of us to visit our KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Facebook page to post your comments, post your suggestions about state wagers. What game matchup you want to see us discuss and mention on the podcast, during the podcast, to see which side Doc will take and which side the Wildcat will take. And I'll just sit back and be the moderator and make sure that the uh, everything's on the up and up. And, and the, the, the blood and guts pays don't off. fly. The, the loser pays up on the bet. The blood so go and to guts KG, don't fly. Fifth of Wildcat, and Doc Facebook page. Heck, tweet us if you want to about a suggestion too. We need you to be more uh, interactive with us to help us get better, help us grow, and c- continue doing great things during these podcasts. Listen to the podcast on SoundCloud.com as well as iTunes. Thank you as always for your support. We got some new likes on the uh, on the page this week. Thank you to our new supporters. Look forward to uh, New York, sir. Yep, we're going to inter- we're going to interview some folks and do what we do. Safe travels. Finally, y'all get to get out there while I get to sit back, Doc. Read your material instead of hitting the friendly airways. And we'll be traveling. The three of us will be traveling together in April. Yep. Yeah. And listeners, I'm not sure excited about this. I'm not sure Temple's ready for that one, boy. I'm not sure they can. (laughs) Well, let's know what they look. Know they get themselves into then. Last time, uh, no, we didn't do a whole lot of damage. But yeah, but we 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 did some. We're gonna show. We're gonna show Doc what it's all about. Yeah. So as always, Ebar City, look at gentlemen. Thank you for your time, your knowledge, and your insight. I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion. Be true, be cool, and do more.